We are Daf Memtes Amadal, four lines from the top, right after the two dots. Says the Gemara, we learned. We learned that this list, the second list in the Mishnah, said that you can do Hadmana with these materials. Uh, you, pardon me, you can't do Hadmana with these materials when they're wet, but only when they're dry. So Ibailu, so the, the Gemara has a suffix. We didn't know, we have a query. Is it they're wet on their own, or even when they're wet because of something else? Is that also is that also called something which is going to add heat? So is it only naturally wet, or also even artificially wet that you wet them, and that that forbids them to be used for hadmana? Tashma, come, I'll bring you a proof. We learn. Look, take a look what the list says. It says and below and below and below lachem. The whole list includes what includes mochim, includes packing. Let's say, let's say, let's say sheared. Let 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 let's say, let's say wool. If you say they're wet because of something else, that makes sense. Okay, that, that's what it is. If you say that, that, that they're wet on their own, where do you find that, they, that they're going to be wet on their own? They're not naturally wet. Only, only if you'd wet them. So you see that what? The mission must be talking about even something that you, that you wet and that wasn't naturally wet. The says, no. No, it's where it was plucked out between the legs of the animal. That's a wool where where the animal is very sweaty, and by definition it's not shearable. You have to pluck it apparently. So that's that's what you're talking about. So that's a cold. That's a packing. That would be what. That would be naturally wet, and you can't prove from the Mishnah that it's necessarily speaking that it's speaking about also when you wet it yourself. I says Rabbi Oshia, when we learned in the in the in the uh, Brisa, you're you're allowed to do hatmana. You're allowed to do insulation with a dry garment, uveparisivation, and with dry uh, with dry produce, for example, wheat or beans. But not with a pardon me, but not with a wet garment and not with wet produce. Where do you find the suit uh, or a garment that's wet or that's naturally wet? Garments are naturally wet. You have to wet them. The answer is what? Nope. It's even a, it's a garment that was woven from that wool that was plucked between the legs of the animal, which which is all sweaty and naturally wet. Therefore, we we can't prove the point whether wetting it on your own is also uh, makes these materials forbidden to do hatmana with. In the mission, we learned Tomni Bixus of Peros. We in the mission said we are allowed to use a garment and we're allowed to use produce, but Kanfayoma, we're also allowed to use dove's wings, the the fluff that uh, comes off of that comes off of the combed flax. Pardon me, I'm sorry, with the sawdust of carpenters, and the and the soft fluff, the, the fine fluff that comes off of the Flax when we comb it. Rehuda Oser Badaka. Rehuda says, "What? It's the thin one that's forbidden." Umata Begasa, and he allows the and he allows the thick one. Now we don't know. We have to see afterwards. What is he referring to? Amar and He says that once we were talking about we were talking about dove's wings. We have a very beautiful story. Very beautiful drasha. We learned Tfilin Tfilin Gufnaki Kelisha Balknafayim. Tfilin need a person to have a clean body in the way that Elisha, the very who we'll see, who was known as Elisha. Who had wings? Okay, the the one who had wings, leash of the wings. Uh, he how he kept a kept a clean body, and we're going to see what that means. My first of all, what does it mean? You have to have a clean body to wear tefillin. Abaya Omar, 
He says, The person has to be, be know for sure that he's not going to pass gas. Rav Omar, Rav says that what? That not only do you know that you're going to be able to hold yourself back and pass gas, you have to even know, you have to even be sure that you're not going to uh, sleep in them, because if you'll sleep, then you'll pass gas without knowing it. So, so, so those are the two opinions. But my Karla Balkanafaim, why was Elisha called the Balkanafaim? Why was he called the person who had wings or the master of wings? One time the, the, evil, uh, the evil Roman government made a decree against the Jewish people. That if anybody wears tefillin, they will gouge out his brains. You know, that's because that's, that's, that's right under the place of the tefillin. And Elisha wore them and he went out to the marketplace. So one, the minister, the official of the Romans saw him. So Elisha ran away from him. And the, uh, and the official ran after him. When the official caught up with him, so Elisha took the tefillin off of his head and he held them in his hand. So the Roman officer said to him, what's that in your hand? He said to him, he said, it's dove's wings. Pashat. Pashat is yada. And he opened up his hand, okay, and, they, and, and what was found in his hand was indeed, was uh, dove's wings. And therefore, it's because of this miracle, that's why he's known as Elisha, the, uh, the, the, the master of wings. Elisha, the person has wings. And what's the difference of, of, uh, of uh, dove's wings as opposed, to, as opposed to other wings? And Bipasha, Saint Rasha, is why is that why is that the story that he made up? Uh, because the Jewish people were compared to doves. Why? Shinemar as it says, the wings of doves that are covered in silver. And we learn just like the dove. Her wings protect her from heat, and also whenever she's attacked by by Adam, by an, another bird or by a human, the dove fights with her wings. She she protects herself with her wings. So Af Yisrael mitzvahs make So also for the Jewish people, the mitzvahs protect them. So just like so, he he knows that doves are doves are the mushal for the mitzvah protecting the Jewish people. So that Papashtus is why he chose the story of the dove, of the dove's wings. I we learn further. We learned that you're allowed to uh, to use the sawdust of the carpenter, of the people who saw Ibailu, Rabbi Huda, but then afterwards Rabbi said, ah, the thin ones are forbidden and the thick ones are okay. Ibailu, Rabbi Huda, what was Rabbi Huda talking to? Was he talking about the sawdust or was he talking about the, the fluff that comes off of the flax when you come with? Tashma, come, I'll, I'll bring you a proof. The Italian, because we learned, Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi says clearly that the fine uh, that the fine fluff that comes off of the of the flax when you comb it, kazabel, it's like manure which which adds heat and it's forbidden to use as insulation. from here you hear Anarshalpishankoi. So you see clearly he was speaking about the fine fluff that color the fluff that comes off of the Flax. And he says the fine one's no good, but the thick one's okay. That proves it. Shmuel says, indeed, Shmuel, no, yes, that's a good proof. We learned in the Mishnah, we learned that you're allowed to use hides to uh, to insulate your pot. And, without the little sum, uh, and, also, and you're also allowed to move them. In other words, they're not mukta. Now, the reason is because the reason is because, uh, because people use them to use them as a mat to lie down on. 
And when it comes to the shearings from wool, you can use them to insulate, but you can't move them on Shabbos because they're muktza. Why? Because they are dedicated to be used for making threads. And therefore, the muktza machmas mamam. So what does a person do? The way the Mishnah says now. So what do you do if you if you used if let's say you use it's, the simple way we learn is what if you use these uh, shearings of wool for atmana. So then what are you going to do on Shabbos? Are you going to move them? They're muktza. Uh, the answer is no. Okay, What you do is you lift up the lid of the pot, and they will and they and the, and the shearings will fall down. So that's that's no problem. That's how you do it. Now the only thing is, what do you do? But that's fine. But now, what do you do? How do you how do you get the food out of the pot? Let's say you want to eat something from the pot. Now you got the cover off. It's fine. In other words, it's only tiltul minatzad. It's only called muktzah from the side. You let to lift the pot cover and the, and the shearings fall off. That's mutter. And we don't consider it a buses because a, a lid is not made to hold things. It's made to cover things, not to support things. So it's not even called a foundation for muktzah. So therefore, you do tiltul minatzad. You lift up the cover. The shearings fall off. Everything's fine. Okay. But now I got a new problem. How am I get? Let's say I want to use some of the food and I and I want to, but I want to and I want to have the pot stay. Uh, Stay, stay hot for the rest of the Shabbos and use it again later. Kupa, what do you do is let's say what you do now is what do you do after that as far as the food? So you take the box, if you know if they had a box containing the shearings plus the uh, plus the pot. So there's a matal sido. You what you do is you put you you lean it on its side. The no tail, okay, and you take the food out, but you don't take the pot out of the of its packing. Shemayito, okay, why? Lest he'll take it. He won't be able to put the pot back because he's not going to be able to. Because if the hole disappears, he's not going to be able to move the piece, move the shearings around. No tail, okay. No, the rabbis say no. He can take it and he can uh, and he can return it. We're going to see afterwards what the argument is. So the okay, the Gemara says. Yasi These two were sitting, and also Rabbi Chanina Bachama was by them. And they had this question, this query. When it told me that when it told us that the hides were that the hides were allowed to be used for insulation and that they're not muktzah, you're allowed to move them. And I was talking about only the, the, the hides of a, of a householder who doesn't mean to sell them. And therefore, he'll use them for, he'll use them for lying down also, so they're not mukta. I will show Uman, but when it comes to the, to the tanner, the, to the craftsman who's the tanner, came in the cup of the liar, since he's going to be very makpid, that they shouldn't get dirty, he's not going to let anybody sit, in, sit on them because he has to sell them, so they're mukta. Okay, and you're, not, and you're not allowed to, and therefore you're not allowed to move them. So do we say what well, it's specifically a house owner's hides that are not muksa, but a, but a, but a, but a craftsman they're muksa? Al Dilma, umantana, no, maybe it was still, maybe the mission was even speaking about what? Was speaking about the hides of a craftsman. But again, all the more so, Shobala bias, and all the more so of a householder. So we don't say, we say that anybody might use these hides for lying down. So he said that it makes sense that it was specifically the hides of a householder. I will show Uma, but for a craftsman, it makes sense to assume that he'll be makpid. He won't want anybody to use them because he wants to sell them. We learned the following. He said, listen, this is what we learned. He said, Abba, my father. Okay, in other words, Rabbi Yossi, Shalchavi, he himself was a tanner. Omar, and, and during the week, he would say to us, bring the, bring, the, bring the hides and we will sit on them. Okay, and therefore you see clearly what? That since he was a, he was a professional and still he used them, so we see a proof that 
Even the hides of a professional are not muksa. Even a professional is willing to use them to lie down. I may see a come let me ask you kasha. How can you tell me that even the one of a craftsman? I'll show you craftsman or makpid, and and you, and there's and there and the raw materials for the crafts are considered muksa. So may see we did we learn the sarvshal balabais, the boards of a of a of a household in Matatan Hassan, you can you can move them on Shabbos. But shall Umanaim but the craftsmen, the boards of craftsmen you can't. But if if but if he thought about before Shabbos that he's going to use them as a tray to put the to put the to put the bread for the guests on it, then it doesn't matter whether it's a householder or whether it's a craftsman, Matatlan, you're allowed to move them, they're not muksa. So you see clearly that a craftsman is different, a craftsman is makbid when the balabais is not. So the answer is Shani Nasarim says no, but it's not it's no comparison. When it comes to boards, you're right. A craftsman is very the company allowed there, the craftsman is very is very strict that they shouldn't become uh, they shouldn't become messed up. But but when it comes to hides, he's not, nobody's aware. There's nothing they're not gonna become messed up if you lie down on them. Toshma, come let me bring you proof again. We learn the following uh, in in a brisa. Oros, when it comes to uh, to hides, to skins of the animal. Regardless of whether they were tanned or they weren't tanned, you're allowed to move them on Shabbos. And they say that the rabbis only made a difference between whether something was tanned or not when it comes to Tumah. What, what does that mean? In other words, when it comes to Tumah, since, since something to be able to become something, be able to come to me, it has to be considered a utensil. It has to be already a, a utensil to use. So only tanned ones are considered a utensil, and untanned hides are not. So only tanned hides can become tummy, and the untanned hides not. I, my law, so you see what? So they said that the only time we care about tanned or untanned is when it comes to tumah. But when it comes to when it comes to carrying, when it comes to moving something, as far as muksa, it makes no difference. So you see, even the tanned ones, okay, are, are okay. And my lab wasn't loshana balabais loshana shaluman. You see, and it didn't make and it didn't teach any difference loshana shal balabais loshana shaluman. There's no difference whether it's a householder's uh, uh, tanned hide or, uh, or or a craftsman's. When it says low, no, Shabalabais. No, he says no. He was only talking about when is it that there's no difference between tanned or untanned by a householder, but by but by a craftsman, the tanned one is gonna be mukta. He says, come on, get out of here. How can you tell me that? How can you tell me that that price was only talking about a balamais? You want to tell me what? When it comes to the craftsman, that you can't move the tan tides? If that's really true, then the price didn't teach in, it didn't teach in, a, in the way that we expected to. Now we have a problem because when it said that, that when it said we only cared about tanned when it came to when it came to Tuma, lift up, we listen to the Yidon. Then the Brysa should have also, once it was making differences, it should have made another difference. And it should have said, according to you, since you say it was only talking about a balabayas, but Medvarim Mamurim should say, when is this true that there's no difference between tanned and untanned except by Tuma, but not by Muktza, Bishal Balabayas? It should have said, but that's only true by the householder of Bashal Uman, no. When it comes to the craftsman, no. So therefore, we, we know it's very difficult to justify saying that the Brysa was only talking about a balabayas. And this principle is like this. When, when a Brysa, let's say doesn't 
doesn't um, start to spell out conditions. So I understand. So you can say, oh, it's talking this condition or that condition, even though it didn't say it. And you can say that the Bryson was assuming that everybody knew that the standard case was the assumption that you made. So for example, if you when you wanted to start out and just say that it spoke about skins, you say, oh, I was talking about the skins when it's and they say that they're not muksa. It was talking about a householder's skins because you say everybody knew oh, that even though it didn't say it, but it was talking about a householder, okay, specifically. But once that we see the Bryson started differentiating and it said, and it said, regardless of whether they're tanned or not tanned, because we only made a difference between tanning and not tanning when it comes to Tuma, but we didn't make it by Muktza. Once the Bryce is starting to break it down, if you're breaking down, then I expect it to break down specifically. So long as there was no breakdown, okay, so the Bryce was, was relying on us to make an assumption. But now you're saying there's an assumption but the Bryce had broke down. Since it broke it down, it should have also broken down your assumption. And it should have said what? It should have said, it, it, it should have said, Oh, there's no difference by muksa between tanning and not tanning, only by tuma. But when is it true that by muksa there's no, no difference between tanning and not tanning, only by a balabais, but not by an uman? Since it didn't say that, so I, since it didn't say that, so I, I have to assume that it's even talking. I have to say it's even talking. You can't prove it. It must be. You have to say it's even talking about the skins of a of a craftsman, and they're not muksa. Mar says no. Kula balabais kamari. No, it was only talking about the Mishnah was only talking about. Uh, a bala bias, and therefore what? And therefore that's why it, that's why it only made the difference by tumor because it never was talking about anything else by definition. And you're right. Had it been had it been talking about both, had it been talking about the skins of both, then it would have broken it down. And therefore we have no proof one way or another. The Gemara says Kitanai. The Gemara says, but you know what? But it's actually Machlokas Tanaim whether the skins, the tan skins of the of the of the um, of the craftsmen are muktzah or not. We learned one opinion said that the skins of a balabais you're allowed to uh, you're allowed to move them whether they're whether they're tanned or not. But but of a craftsman you're not allowed to you're not allowed to move them when they're when they're tanned. Yossi says no, they're the same whether it's the craftsman or whether it's the balabais son, you're allowed to you're allowed to carry them. So therefore we have a machlokas tanaim about this point that we've been debating. They were sitting, they were debating another point, a very, very interesting thing. What we learned uh, later on. Once we're talking about their meeting, this is what happened. We learned. We learned that the, that the chief categories of work that's forbidden on Shabbos are 40 minus 1. Connected me. What does that correspond to? Where'd you get that number? So Rechinah Rechama tells the famous thing that we know, Keneged Avodos Hamishkan. It's the 39 corresponding to the 39 types of work that were necessary in order to make the Mishkan. Remember, because we learned, because the, the, it says, don't do any malacha, and it taught me and it taught me Shabbos right next to the Mishkan, so I see that the malacha that the Torah was talking about was the malacha that we found in the Mishkan. There's an amazing thing, if you count up the times that the word Malacha or Malachto or his work, Malacha, so the work of in the Torah, Shabbatorah, Abayim Chasechas, those are 40 minus 1. So, so therefore they make 39. Rabbi Yosef, Yosef said, he has a question, he wants to know when you're counting up these things, when the Pasuk says, 
But Yosef, when he said he came back to the house, uh, he came to the house of Potiphar to do his work, Miminyanahu, Olo. He says, is that part of the count of the 39? Is that included or not? Amalei Abayas. Abayas said to him, what are you talking about? Velesi Sefer Torah Belimne. He says, what are you talking about? He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, take, take up, take, take the book, take the Sefer and count. Okay? Uh, and you'll see whether, it, whether it's included or not. Milo Omar, didn't we, didn't we, didn't Milo Omar, Rabbi Barachana, Omar Rabbi Yochanan, didn't we learn that he said one time about a, about a similar question, they didn't budge until they took a safer turn and they counted. It's a count. What's the problem? What's the, what's the big question? Amar says, no, no. I said, he said, I know how to count. That's not the problem. Kimo Kamasapkali, and I'll just explain because he says, I have two places where the word, where a form of the word malacha, of work, is used, and one of the, and I can, each of them I can interpret as a true form of the word malacha, or not, and I don't know which one is really means malacha and which one doesn't, which one is in and which one is out. And that's really the 40 minus 1 because there's, one of them doesn't really count. So, so Amr Leh, so he said to him, what's my doubt? Because it's written, and another place when it came to, when it came to the building of the Mishkan, it said that the work was dayam, that the work was menachah. So now he says, I don't know if that is uh, is that from the count? In which case, I'll have a problem because uh, then if I take out the pasuk of Yosef, they came to the house to do his work. That's also forty, and we learned there are only forty minus one. So I made one of those pesukim has to be one of those pesukim has to go out. So I don't know which one. He says, now what's the problem? And there's the, you can learn that the word that the malacha was daim, as we'll see. We don't know if it means really the work or it just means that the job was done of bringing or the job of the donations was done. Do we really mean the work was done in a way that was sufficient? Or it was really talking about Allah, or it's talking about that the, that the donations were done. So I don't know. Okay, and so do I say that what? So let me, let me, let me, read, let me read it nicely. It says like this. Here's my, here's what's my doubt. Since it's written that the Malacha was, was done sufficiently. If that is what, if I say that that is part of the, Count and that really word that the malach was sufficient was done sufficiently. That is talking about the real word work. And therefore, when it says by Yosef that he went to the house to do his malach, it really meant he was taking care of his physical needs. He wanted to uh, to be, be intimate with her, or Dilma, or perhaps. Uh, or perhaps Odilma the other way. So therefore, the, and therefore the one by the Mishkan is in, and that one's out. Odilma perhaps the other way. By Yosef when he said he came to do his work. That's in the count. It really means literally came to do his work. And when it said by the Mishkan that the Malacha was sufficient. Okay, this is what it's saying. The Shalom Levita that the job was done. The job of bring of bringing all the various donations to the Mishkan was done. But it doesn't mean work really. It just no. Sometimes we use the word work really to just mean a job. You know, the 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 uh, the uh, uh, the chore was done. And the Gemara says, take it really let it stand. We don't know which one is which. One of them is in. One of them is out. Uh, the truth is that we have a big problem because we really find more forms than, than these 40. Rabbi Nechanan is one place to look and to understand uh, how we knew that these are the 40 eligible ones. Tanya, command to Amr Kenegad Avodas Hamishkan. 
we learned what we learned in support of the one that says that the that the forty minus one has to do with the malachas of the mishkan. The Tanya, because it says, mishkan." A person is not obligated for transgressing working on Shabbos, except for the work that 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 similar to it was done in the, that was in the mishkan. For example, what do we mean to say? Haim zaru. They planted in for the mishkan to to, to plant the uh, the uh, plants that are going to need for the dyes. And you should not plant on Shabbos. Heim katsu, they they reaped for the mishkan. You should not reap. Heim helu esakrashim mikarkalagoga They carried up the the uh, planks uh, of the mishkan from the. Uh, uh, from the ground to the wagon, and others from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, from public to private domain. And you shouldn't bring in from the public domain to the private domain. The wagon was a private domain. They brought down, they lifted down the crushing, the planks from the wagon uh, to the ground. Which is from the private domain to the public domain. And you on Shabbos should not take something out, should not carry something out from the private domain to the public domain. They would they would um, uh, take out from wagon to wagon. They would also take these crushim and they would hand them over from, from wagon to wagon. And you shouldn't carry out from private domain to private domain. Where I says, what are you talking about? From private domain for a private domain. What is he doing? That's not, there's nothing from, the, no, there's no prohibition from the Torah to go from private domain to public, to private domain. answered, no, some people say we had this earlier when they would pass them when they passed them from wagon to wagon it was really from through through it really was really so therefore it was not just yachid to yachid not just private to private private to private through public Furthermore, we said we said we said we learned in the Mishnah that you can insulate with the with the shearings of wool, but you don't carry them. Amarava, so it, it sounds like they, so you, one you can use for insulation, and two you can't carry them. Amarava lo shanu. So he said they only said that you can't carry them only when he hadn't yet used they hadn't used them for insulation. So on their own, these things we don't lie down on them. We said these shearings we don't we don't lie down on them, but. But but once you but he said once you use them for insulation so then they're ready not muksa they're ready dedicated of all tamam behem but once he, if he insula, insulated with them matafon or something you can carry them there was a certain guy who just came to the yeshiva that day and he raised the difficulty to the opinion of Rava. he said what are you talking about we learned in the Mishnah you're allowed to insulate with the shearings of the wool and you can't carry them and then like, this is how we read it before and then what so what should he do how does he how does he take the food out what does he do you lift up the pot cover and they fall down you only lift them from the side so you see clearly you see clearly that that it's showing you that that the very shearings that you used to insulate the pot are muksa. That's why you had to, that's why you couldn't move them to the side with your hands. You had to lift up the cover. Gemara says, Ali Yidmar, so you have to say what? If Rabbi, if Rabbi said what he said, you have to learn it like this. It really is clear that even the ones you used are muksa. This is what Rabbi must have said. They only said what? 
that they're mukta when he even when he used them for 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 insulation when he didn't designate them he didn't say oh this these are now from here forth are to be used for insulation but once he designated them on a permanent basis for for uh, for insulating the sun you're allowed to you're allowed to move them then they're not mukta so all Rava said was if you absolutely said these things are from here forth set to, set out set to be designated to be insulations and then of course they're not mukta. But otherwise, they would be. If Manami, we actually learned like that. Kiyata Rabbi, Amar Yaakov, Amar Rabbi Asi, Ben Shol, Amar Rabbi, Lo Shanu Elish Lo Yichtan Latmani. So that's right. The only the only halacha there was what that we said that their muktzah is where you didn't dedicate them, didn't designate them for insulation. But if you dedicated them, you designated them for for Admana, then you can metal to them. Ravina says no. He says I'm not going. No, 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 no. He says Rabbi said exactly what he said. He said once you use them for he, he didn't say you didn't say you have to dedicate them. He says once you use them for insulation, they're fine. Marvino Marwai says he says, no, it's not true. He says it just means exactly just one time you use them, they're fine. Why is that? Because we assume, okay, because it's as if once you use them one time, it's as if you dedicated them completely. Okay? I so what did the Mishnah say? One second. So then what's going on? So when the Mishnah said that how do you take it out? You lift that lift up the pot cover. If you tell me the Rob really said once you use them for insulation once. It's like you dedicated them permanently. So then why did the Mishnah say you have to lift up the pot cover and let them fall off? The answer is Bishel Heftek, because it's talking about at the stockpile of merchandise. In other words, if you had the you had the these fleeces that you that you stockpile to sell Okay, so then by definition they're muksa. So those ones, even if you use them for insulation, you're going to put them back. Okay, once you stockpile them in the storehouse, so to speak, you stockpile them. So then, even if you use them, that's what the mission is talking about. But, but what Rob was talking about a normal one where you didn't put them into the stockpile, you didn't put them into the into the uh, storehouse. So then, if, if you use them one time for insulation, they are by definition dedicated. The only only the ones in the stockpile. Even if you use them, if you if you didn't dedicate them, you only and you only use them since you're going to put them back. They remain muksa. Tanya Namiachi, we really learned the brisa in support of this. We said Yizit Semer shall have take when it comes to the fleece, the fleeces, uh, uh, the shearings of wool that are in the stockpile. Eivatotlin or some there, you're not allowed to move them. Vimiskinon, but if you but if you de- if you designated them, vimiskinon balabais they shamishmen. But if the if the owner uh, dedicated them to use them, atotlin or some, then you're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Shkach to everybody. And uh, uh, a good Chodesh and a good Shabbos. And see everybody Sunday in Mitzvah Good morning.